0: In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, You maybe you're not trying hard enough.
1: Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm
2: your host. I'm Andy. I'm a s- suspiciously modern-looking Bacchanal carnival and i'm evan
0: ask for me tomorrow and you'll find me a um, 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 rave man and i'm
1: ronnie if you can tell by those introductions ending pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows which have only lasted for a single season we're currently covering 2017's still star-crossed cw maybe ABC ABC ABC, ABC this a, baby. This is a
0: network show. Uh,
1: before we get into this this Shakespeare show, I have a bit. What's the bit, Andy? What's the bit, Andy? I mean, it's kind of on the nose, but I just was like, "Hey, let's
2: talk about our favorite Shakespeare plays." Did we talk about on the that on the podcast last time? Did we? We kind of, we kind of like
0: glanced over
2: it, but we didn't uh, did really we? go into depth.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't um,
2: know. We can do a different bit.
0: No, I like this no, bit. I, can, like I like about talking about Shakespeare.
2: I also like talking about Shakespeare. Here's a fun Shakespeare fact about me. In spite of um, having read and seen many Shakespeare plays and having been in Shakespeare Club in high school, uh, I have neither read nor seen Romeo and Juliet.
0: Oh, really?
2: Yeah, it's it's like when you're when you're friends with the Shakespeare people, everyone just kind of assumes that you already know about Romeo sure. and Juliet and you're over it. You know, yeah. like Romeo and Juliet is passe. So have right. you read The X-Men Romeo and Juliet? She lies
1: with Angels. No. Where Angel and um Husk fuck in the air, with all of the X Men and all of Husk's family watching on the ground. This is, this has come
0: up on this podcast before. It has. It's yeah. remarkably bad. Yeah,
1: it's got uh, it's got Nightcrawler in it though. He's great.
0: Love Nightcrawler.
1: Yeah, he does some cool teleporting in it.
0: I forgot how much I enjoy Romeo and Juliet. I think I'm gonna go ahead and say. Not my favorite, but as far as, like, what I'm the most into right now, give me some of that Romeo and Juliet.
1: I love Romeo and Juliet, and I feel like the people who, like, hate it, either, one, hate it because it's a girl play, which, like, Mm. what does that mean? Sure. Or they hate it because they're like, it's so unrealistic. They right. fall in love over the course of three days. It's like, yeah, they're stupid teenagers. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Have you seen how 14 year olds behave? Come on. Yeah, they're they're overdramatic. Yes, that is the point. Yeah, it's got a, like four
0: dope ass sword fights in it, though. So many good sword fights. You got the Prince of Cats. You got my boy Mercutio, maybe one of the greatest Shakespeare characters of all time in Mercutio mercutio Uh, is very good so good um yeah it it is and 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 and, you know we'll i'll talk about this later but just like the personalities in it like it is it is a bit over the top like granted they are 14 year olds but it is like but everyone in the show does everything with such passion and such like we wouldn't have west
1: side story without romeo and juliet we
0: would have so many things without romeo and juliet we wouldn't have that scene where a husk and an angel fuck in the sky. Yeah. With everyone watching. What would society be? I, I, I do want to say, cause I have seen, I have seen, I have seen so much Romeo and Juliet, both live performances and movies and. That and episode like, of Hey Arnold. Episode of Hey Arnold. Um, in, I want to say 2008, I went on a trip to Ireland and I saw a production over in Ireland over Romeo and Juliet it was very well done. They had it rained on stage at the end of like act 3, I think. Um it was very cool. The I forget. I think it was like the Capulets were all like in uniform and stuff like that and the Montagues were just like like real like sewer rat folks and one of the Montague like just like chorus members was just straight up dressed like Heath Ledger's Joker. Like, tip to toe was just green hair, the makeup, the suit, like, was 100% Heath Ledger's Joker. And I was like, that's a choice. That's mm. that's, that's a bold choice to, to uh, modernize this classic with that character. Yeah, you think uh, that
2: guy just, like, came from a party, and they were like, Jesus, Kevin.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> we can't keep doing this. <laughs> Uh, maybe yeah, maybe
1: know. he was a different version of the Joker every night. Like oh, uh, like I'm going to be Jack Nicholson tomorrow, sure, and then like sure. week after that I'll do like Arkham City, and then yeah. you know
0: the week after that he just put makeup on over top of his mustache and said let's do the thing.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yeah, Emma, if you haven't you haven't been like in the world of of Romeo and Juliet, what uh, what's your touchstone? What's your what's your Shakespeare?
2: Uh, My favorite Shakespeare play is Antony and Cleopatra.
0: It's very good.
2: My second favorite is uh, Midsummer Night's Dream.
0: It's very good.
2: I have the best, the best rendition of Midsummer Night's Dream uh, on DVD. The one with um, John Light and Matthew Tennyson. Matthew Tennyson is Anyway, it's it's the gay one, the one where they mm-hmm. kiss a lot, you know, uh, very good. Yeah. Uh, Titania in that one is also spectacular. Everyone talks about how like uh, gay oberon and Puck are, but like. Titania is is really well, well executed in that version also.
0: There's some real buck wild Shakespeare movies that are yeah out there like. I think of, uh, of, of of course, the Baz Luhrmann, Romeo and Juliet, where all of their, the things that they call their daggers are just written on big pistols that they're carrying around like 90s Miami.
1: Give me my broadsword and it's <laughs> like a fucking machine gun.
0: <laughs> exactly. Mm, um, mm.
1: I like and, that version. I don't like that they cut out Paris. Romeo yeah. deserves one more duel before the end. Yeah, and the uh, Tybalt is a bit much, but it's it's overall still very good. Tybalt is
0: always a bit much. Tybalt, I, uh, you know, unpopular opinion. Tybalt sucks.
1: <laughs> I don't think that's an unpopular opinion.
0: It's probably pretty popular, but I just you know. Uh, and I think of the uh, the Hamlet movie with uh
1: with uh the Doctor Doctor it's Doctor Who
0: Hamlet. Um, is it a Doctor? There's a David Tennant Hamlet that's very good. I'm thinking of... There's a Hamlet with Bill Murray in it. Hmm. Bill Murray plays Polonius. That's a choice. Is that oh, Shakespeare yeah. PA? No, this one is... Uh, It's just called Hamlet. Uh, It's got Ethan Hawke as your boy, Hamlet. Julia Stiles as Ophelia. Kyle MacLachlan as Claudius. It's a, it's a it's a very very modern version he delivers the to be or not to be seen into like a flip video camera from the early aughts
2: mm.
0: yeah it's an interesting version but that's what i'm just saying all the, they, they have so many oh, uh people
1: scotland have, pa is Macbeth, but it's set in like mm. a short order cook starring christopher walken mm. oh wow that and uh James lagrosse I don't know who any of these other
0: people are. Boy, Ham- Shakespeare's been around a while, huh? People have really yeah. put their mark on Shakespeare, if they have uh, the opportunity. Yeah.
1: Anyway, Andy's favorite is Much Ado About Nothing, with so um, Midsummer's Night's Dream coming in close second. My favorite version of Much Ado About Nothing is uh, the one directed by the bad man.
2: mm. Which, you're going to have to be more specific.
1: Uh, Joss Whedon.
2: Oh. Yeah. I that re- wasn't even the first bad man that came no, to I, mind. The, the
0: bad man in my mind currently is still Hercules. Uh, so. mm. <laughs> oh.
2: No, Joss, uh, Joss Whedon is... A,
1: some more accusations uh, yes, no, have come not, out no, very no, recently.
0: No, so. no fighting
2: over how bad Joss Whedon is. Yeah, was, yeah seems like a pretty not, bad Not dude. disputing the the <laughs> moniker. Have, did you guys ever see that uh, production of Coriolanus with Tom Hiddleston? It's very good. No, I've never uh, seen Coriolanus. Coriolanus? Yeah, I haven't seen very it. Very good. Very good. Also a lot of sexual tension in that one.
1: Um, There's a... Jean-Luc Picard. That's not his name. Um.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not his
1: me. real human man name.
0: No, it's 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 one in the hollow deck, right? It's it's Johnny Charles Picard. Xavier.
1: What's his name? <laughs> Sir Patrick Stewart. There's a there's a Sir Patrick Stewart uh, Hamlet. If I'm um, not getting more frazzled, that's quite good.
0: Yeah, Hamlet's good. I really like Hamlet too.
2: Uh, I've never seen I... a Hamlet all the way through. I've read Hamlet. I haven't seen a production of it. My only favorite Hamlet
0: kisses. is the Hamlet that takes place in the second act of uh, the complete works of William Shakespeare, Abridged, which is a play that goes through all of Shakespeare. And then they do Hamlet is the second act in like five minutes. And then they do it like faster and I see how fast they can do it. It's, oh, it's I think I've
2: seen
1: that
0: actually. Yeah, it's very good.
1: They uh they made a sequel to Hamlet in like the early two thousands, which was apparently a funny movie. I
2: didn't see it. Did they call it Hamlet Two?
1: Yeah, there's like a theater director, and then the funding's been cut, and so he uh he he decides to throw uh, make a sequel to Hamlet to raise money for the theater program, but uh it's got like time travel and like Jesus shows up yep. in it and it. I, I, again, have not seen the movie. This is just me remembering the trailer. The
2: premise it's, sounds like it's the sort of humor that I would like, but your description makes me doubt that initial assessment. So i have to uh, watch it.
0: it. It is very, very funny. There is a song. It, it's a musical, Hamlet 2, when they redo it. Uh, and there's a song where they say, Jesus is sexy. So we have the song Rock Me Sexy Jesus uh, to Steve Coogan joint. Um, if you know, if you know his comedy style, I
2: I, I do not know. Yeah,
1: I remember thinking it looked funny. I, I just never got around to seeing it. I don't know if it holds up, but you know, yeah, humor humor from oh, back eight. back then is a is a fickle fickle mistress.
0: Anything about the theater, about theater, uh, is probably rife with homophobia. So
2: mm,
0: yeah,
2: you guys, you guys want to talk about this show? Yeah, so we, the show. we yeah. watched
0: we watched two episodes of it because it's a, a real short season. Uh, hey Andy, yeah. Wait, no, no, it's no. Man, I don't Evan, do the. Tell the, the us about that. this
1: show. <laughs> I was like, why sorts. are you calling
0: on me? I'm not in charge. Andy, tell us the tell what the show's about. No, uh,
2: Evan, so what's the show? We, The, the show, the premise of the show, and I learned that it's based on a a novel, apparently. Yes. Uh, But the premise of the show is that it picks up after Romeo and Juliet kill themselves and just goes on Game of Thrones style, uh, detailing the family drama that plays out after that. So in episode one, we get essentially a snippet of Romeo and Juliet, we get, I don't, Again, I have not seen or read Romeo and Juliet, so I'm a little bit more disconnected from this than either of you probably are. But we get the last chunk of Romeo and Juliet, wherein they get married, right. their families, like, threaten them, and then Juliet fakes her death, and then Romeo actually kills himself, and then Juliet finds out he actually killed himself, and she actually kills herself. Um...
0: Uh, if I can interject with just like a real quick, like differences between Romeo and Juliet and, uh, still Starcross, Rosalind Rosalyn is an actual character in this and not just like someone Romeo pines after in the beginning. Um, and, uh, she kind of takes the place of the nurse a little bit.
1: Yeah. They combined Rosalind with the nurse, which I thought was a
2: weird
0: choice, but. And she's Juliet's cousin.
2: She's like a servant. She's acting in the capacity of a servant because her family has been disgraced or something like that. Sure. She's like she's like an ex noble, and now she's serving some other. Fa- she and her sister, right, yeah. are uh, serving whose family? Capulets. Yeah, S- still technically their family, but they're
1: right. they're like reduced status. Yeah,
2: right. so they're like household staff now, and they're like trying to get their their position, their social positions back. Uh, other, yeah,
0: so like the other difference is that uh, Friar Lawrence is kind of playing on behalf of uh, Montague, Romeo's father. Yeah, that, wanted that's this whole thing to happen. That's not real. That's not yeah. a thing that happens in Romeo and Juliet.
2: Well, that is revealed in the last like 25 percent of was it episode? Was that revealed in episode one or episode that two? That was episode one, yeah. Okay, yeah. It was revealed at the end. I mean, we, the audience, didn't know that. the So the priest who married Romeo and Juliet was apparently dun, 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 working on behalf of Romeo's dad because he wanted to, like, consolidate power, but, like, sneakily. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, I gotta be honest, it didn't seem like that was gonna work. The way he intended. But anyway, so the the first, like, 75% of the episode is just mostly the events of Romeo and Juliet, and then the couple dies, and then at the end of the episode, it's revealed, like, oh yeah, Romeo's dad planned this whole thing out, and it was this power grab thing that he arranged with the priest, and the, the priest was on his side, uh, and then... As we go into episode two, he's attempting to arrange a different marriage to take the place of this marriage that fell through that he was trying to sneakily arrange. There's a lot of characters doing a lot of things in episode two uh but the 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 gist is that Juliet's family is broke. uh they're like building a church and they can't like pay. Masons to complete the church and this is like a sort of a source of social scandal that they're trying to hide Romeo's or uh, Juliet's dad is like trying to sneakily borrow money and like Romeo's family finds out about this Romeo's dad finds out about this and like tries to like manipulate the situation to again consolidate power so that he can be in charge of Verona, basically. And then um, there's this side drama also with, like, Rosalind has an arranged marriage as part of this plot, and she's like, no, I don't want to marry this guy, and the- who's the guy in charge ben, of Verona? Oh, uh- Escalon. Escalon, prince of Verona. the prince. I I wasn't sure what his political position was, if he was like a a duke or something. I assume it was like a city-state at the time. though. Anyway, he's in charge. He's the head guy in charge. And like, he and Rosalind are in love. But, and like, she doesn't want to marry this guy who she's been arranged to get married to because of the uh, Montague Capulet machinations. Yeah. And it's
0: it's Benvolio Benvolio. She is arranged to be married to.
2: So, um, yeah, she, she's in love with the, the Prince and he's like, you're right. I'm in love with you too. Just kidding. I'm not, you have to marry that guy, but you can't marry that guy. I'm in love with you. Just kidding. You have to marry that. They go back and forth like four Mm -hmm. or five times. He's very, he's very, uh, like flippity floppity about it. Uh, So that's, like, the side drama that's happening is Rosalind and the the Prince Aeschylus having their, like, side romance while the Montagues and the Capulets are, like, playing social chess with each other for control of the city of Verona. Game of Thrones style. Except not quite that, not quite that deep. Not quite that's quite that what deep. happens. Not quite that deep, yeah.
0: That is what happens, though. Yeah. Uh, and we watched two episodes of it so you know I got to ask hey Andy yeah these two episodes of abc's still starcrossed do they work for you
1: so there's there's a, a hint of something quite good here but the pacing in these first two episodes is is real off so I'm going to give it a no for now, mm. but I'm very hopeful that uh it'll turn around.
0: Hey,
2: Evan. Yes,
0: Ronnie. These two episodes of Still Starcrossed, did they work for you?
2: Uh unfortunately not. They 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 felt a little bit silly, and also I I agree with Andy very much that the the pacing was a little weird. Character introductions were not very strong, so given that I'm not as familiar with the material as a Romeo and Juliet enthusiast would be, uh, I'm struggling to keep up with who's who and what's doing what and what their motivations are and who's related to who and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, so it's not really working for me, unfortunately. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Is this uh, is this show working for you? It
0: is uh i am a sucker for anything theatrical in nature and while this is not like it's not as if i'm looking at this and being like wow it's like shakespeare wrote this word for word as a sequel um it is a little clunky it is a little like heavy at sometimes uh it's extremely melodramatic which i don't necessarily see as a negative and yeah i agree pacing could be better but you know, the pilot for this one is kind of episode two because the pilot is just, you know, actually just Romeo and Juliet.
2: But mm-hmm. bad. Romeo and Juliet with more steps.
0: With more steps. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if it was worse.
2: I don't know. I don't know. So.
0: I mean, it's not as good because there's not as like as good language and monologues and stuff like that. But but yeah, regardless, it's working for me. That's good. Yes. I'll save my negatives for the negatives. <laughs> That's a good, good plan. Uh, and we're gonna take a quick break. No, and come, come back. No, we're, we're not. Yeah, no we're, breaks. We're doing it. We're doing it. No and break. Fine.
2: And here's the
1: one-up mushroom. Oh, brilliant. That will pair perfectly with the Phoenix Downs. Oh, don't don't forget the gamer tears. Ah, yes, of course. Brilliant, yes, yes, yes. Oh, oh, come in and sit down. Hello, weary traveler. You've come quite far. So
2: let us tell you who we are. We are your best friends. Yes, all three. There's Ray and Joe and Terrence. That's me
1: we love video games and welcome you to our discussion
2: of why we do minecraft halo and pokemon triple a indie and wizard 101 and while
1: overwatch is still close to our heart it's time for new games to play a larger part
0: so enjoy the gab of we friends 3 as we unravel game sorcery gaming
1: New Horizons can be found on LunarLightStudio.com every other Friday.
0: Mm, And don't forget to add the Mountain Dew code red.
1: I drank it all.
0: You didn't save any for our guest. (laughs) I'm
1: so (laughs) sorry.
0: And now we are back with the what worked for us segment of this podcast. So
1: right off the bat, I got to say, I got to say something. Yes. Anthony Stewart Head and what's his name? What's this motherfucker's name? Grant Bowler as Montague and Capulet elevate every scene they're in. Sure. Uh, They're both fantastic and just like
2: chewing this up. I, I do love me Anthony Stewart head, but uh, the other guy I just thought was okay. He is from another
1: show we've covered. Does anyone remember him? He had an episode named after his character.
0: Oh, I have no idea, but let me visualize his face. Um,
1: What if I give you a hint? I always hint. take a hint. Uh, it is, uh, specifically, like, nerd genre.
0: Nerd genre.
1: Had an nerd. episode named after him. Huh. Let me look at this motherfucker's face. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone look at a picture. A if, you, if you Google it, you Google him, it might come I'm up. Not, I'm not going to Google, picture, like, right? his
0: actor's name.
2: He, he doesn't look familiar to me. He looks like every other white man in the world so
1: oh what if i tell you just the character's name he played a character named
0: razor oh razor. man
2: i know i know i know i know who it was i know
0: was that in um uh almost human
2: no that's oh. a good guess yeah it was the cape it was the cape he was the guy that uh um the main character pretended to be and used ah, his australian yeah. yes which, I mean, that makes sense why that worked, because like I said, he looks like every other white man, so it would be very easy for another, you know, Hollywood white man to assume this guy's identity. Yeah, yeah
1: I, 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 I'm enjoying him as uh, as Montague. Uh, Anthony Stewart Head is definitely better as Capulet, but
0: yeah.
2: well, I Anthony think Stewart Head Capulet can do no wrong. Yeah.
0: They've given Capulet the stronger character to play. Montague seems a little just softer in all of this. Um, his motivations are a little weaker. Uh, Capulet is just, like, all around, like, a stronger character that they've developed here. So, I, uh, I don't take too much away from Razor, but uh, all, all the credit to Anthony Stewart Head, for sure.
1: The prince's sister I find very compelling so far, too. I mm-hmm. hope she actually gets to, like, do some shit.
2: Yeah, she's got a, a real, like, not quite sinister, but calculating vibe, mm-hmm. you know? She feels like a game of thrones character. She's playing the game harder than her brother, for mm-hmm. sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I like that one carnival scene from episode 1, the one where they it broke into a sword fight at the end. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, I I I really liked their Romeo. I thought he was very compelling. Their Juliet, I could have taken her left, yeah, but um, It's a shame that we only got one fucking episode with this guy playing Romeo cuz he was He was very charismatic in the part. Mm -hmm. And uh, I feel like Romeo is typically a very difficult character to pull off.
0: It really is, because you have to at the same time play like super wet behind the ears and also like super suave and horny at the same time. Like you have to be like on your shit, but also kind of like hapless at the same time. It's 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 super difficult.
1: And and like this, this uh, this actor was was great. Uh, Mercutio was uh didn't do anything, but he was I know. hot. He was <laughs> hot.
0: Yeah, he was hot. I was. I was very. That was one of my first notes. Was just like, mm, could have used more Mercutio for several reasons.
1: Did they even establish his relationship to the prince?
0: No, or to uh, Escalon, or, or, or I mean, or to Paris.
2: Yeah. Wow. Bummer. Yeah. Um. This explains why I didn't care about him. Yeah. <laughs> well, when he that's... says a pox
0: on both your houses, it's like, wait,
2: isn't this your house?
0: Aren't you a Montague? He's Who not. I, uh,
1: I loved the scene at the funeral where, uh, Montague is giving Capulet a statue of Juliet as, like, an olive branch and someone has defaced it and so, like, when the statue's th- revealed... All of the Capulets are like, what the fuck? And um, they start like talking shit and then someone pulls a sword and then both sides, everyone just (laughs) fucking pulls swords and just runs at each other. And it was like chef's kiss. So good. Just like real dramatic. And like everyone seemed pissed. I felt like I was back in Philly. Just Mm -hmm. like we're all throwing down right now. Like, fucking Cowboys fans are over there or some shit. Like, I was ready to go. It was
2: dope. It was very theatrical. It it was, you know, it felt like West Side Story for a second there.
0: Mm-hmm. I want to say the action, but just like, you know, we talk about the, the carnival scene and how well done that was. And it's like, it's amazing the difference going from The Witcher, which was obviously very low budget, to this, which obviously has a very high budget. It's interesting how it elevates the work, but not fully. Like there's still like it, it it's not it's not all about the you know the effects and stuff like that. But when there is like a fun Catherine's wheel is that what it's called? Uh with fireworks in a circle? Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. um then it, it like it's definitely like ooh
2: fun. Yeah I don't think they uh they use their budget to the best of their ability, to be honest with you. I, I, think, I think everything looked really good, don't get me wrong, but I think they're relying on that too much sure. for, for, like, storytelling. Yeah. A lot of the
1: costumes are quite good. Uh, I thought mm-hmm. quite a few of Romeo's outfits were very eye-catching. Um, I'm just going to call her the princess, because I don't know what else to call her, but mm-hmm. Eskel's sister... A lot of her dresses were, like, breathtakingly stunning. Uh, Benvolio's had a couple uh, jackets and doublets that are very sexy. So costume department doing quite good. Um, Montague himself had a horrible, weird orange jacket at one yes. point. Yes. Uh, that, <laughs> that he was, like, trying to do some, like, serious tough talk dialogue in. Mm-hmm. I was just like, my dude, you gotta, you gotta change. You gotta take mm-hmm. that off.
0: Yeah, Um, we we mentioned it earlier, but I just love I love this 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 reinterpretation of Rosalind slash the nurse as like a true confidant to to Juliet. And like they still borrowed like a lot of the, the traits like Rosalind in the play wants to, you know, it's it's like one of the most epic burns in literature of like Romeo is pining after Rosalind and. He comes back and he's like, she said no. And she said no so hard that she's going to join the nuns. Like, that's how much she said no. Um, and like in this version, Rosalind is interested in, in joining a convent to give herself some freedom from having to to be under the thumb of a man. Um, it's 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 a good choice. I think that you could do a lot of things here and it could be a lot of like, "Ooh, that's a weird thing that you tried there but like this is just like it's two characters who are like nondescript enough that blending them does not like harm the story in any way i don't feel like paris is alive
1: yeah that was a choice wasn't it
0: yeah uh, apparently it's a choice that is gonna have big uh comeuppance because we keep returning to this this poor poor prince constantly being tortured um in, in in medicine
1: not just trying and negatives, but I felt like the choice to make Benvolio kind of a fuckboy to be very confusing. Yeah. Because in... I had, I have not read Romeo and Juliet in quite some time, but in my remembrance of it, he is the Ramus Lupin to Romeo and Mercutio's James and Sirius. Yes. Yep, He, sure. he He's the, like, straight man... Mm -hmm. where he's still going to go along with the prank, but he'll stand guard and he'll make sure it doesn't go too far. Right. And he's the one who tries to, like, talk down quite a few of the fights and keep Romeo, like, chilled out. But in this, he's like, yeah, whorehouse, baby, am I right? And, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, let's sword fight. Cool. And it's like, who the fuck are you, Benvolio? Right. It just seems like they... Had the character name, but Mm -hmm. they
0: wished Mercutio survived or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and they could have done that. And honestly, I wish they had.
1: Yeah. They could have just, they're already playing in this, like, what if magic mirror, like why not? Yeah. Just have Tybalt kill Benvolio, which in some ways is more tragic because he's the smart one and have one of the hotheads survive. Yeah. And then you can still have this fun fuckboy character.
0: Mm hmm yeah it's definitely like one of the the prime like the one of the great um mercutio moments is when he's like he's describing benvolio as like he's like oh benvolio you're such a hothead and like you go into the bar and you like you know you're like sticking up the the bartender as soon as you get in there and Benvolio's like is that me I don't think that's and Mercutio goes goes on basically to describe himself and he's like, nah, you're this guy, and you're such a whore, and you're and you just want to kill everybody and stuff like that. And Ben like, okay, I think I think you're talking about you. Um, it's just interesting that they they made that choice when there's so much there.
1: Yeah, I I don't I don't get it. Um and and maybe, you know, we're only two episodes deep, maybe it'll it'll make sense why they have decided to do this. But,
0: uh, it's, it seems to me like they are trying to, because, uh, there's this whole plot about like Montague, um, keeps trying to set Benvolio up with marriages that keep falling through. And it's like, it seems like maybe they're doing like a Benvolio is like self-sabotaging a little bit because he has like deeper interests and things like that. And, and, is maybe like maybe whoring it up because he's just like "Ah, i just don't want these marriages so uh, and i've got other other plans so this is how i will like muck it up but that granted is a little bit of me projecting and a little bit of me like painting it on there any other positives i this is kind of like a, a bridge so i'll do it here a negative, I feel like, is some of the character motivations don't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Yup.
1: <laughs> At the
0: <laughs> end of episode two, um, Capula is, like, reasoning with the Mason and, uh, like, trying to make him, like, finish the, the cathedral without any extra money and, and the. the you know, the Mason's not having it. And so Capulet pushes him off the scaffolding and kills him. And it's like, yeah. Who's going to build your church now, dude. I don't, I don't know what, what your, your aim is there. <laughs> like, if only that, like maybe this guy knows that you're broke and you don't want that word getting out, I guess, but,
2: but how are you going to hire another Mason? No, when you're already it,
0: like <laughs> you're right. You're right. Don't make it like, it doesn't make sense for Capulet. But as I said earlier in, in the episode, Uh, Romeo and Juliet is based on like the the like Friar Lawrence is the character who is like hey can we just like do things normal and moderate and like take it easy and every single character is like nah, fuck that extreme and like everyone has like such intense passionate like reactions to everything Um, I you know again maybe this is giving the show too much credit. But, like, that is how I'm viewing it. Like, all of these things that don't really make sense and they big, bold actions, even like Esculon and, and you know, there's apparently a, you know, another party who is, like, you know, de- desecrating tombs and statues and stuff like that. And we don't know who that is. Like, it's all just these really, really outlandish, bold, almost nonsensical things that I feel like would fit into, like, iambic pentameter in 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 Romeo and Juliet
2: but they're not singing it in verse though i feel like that I would know. make that would make the the extremity of the like that would make the cartoonishness of everything that's happening like better contextualized i feel like right. if they were you know reciting it all in verse and hopping around a stage and making dramatic hand gestures you know like you do it would be a tough
0: sell, but clearly this show was also a tough sell. So I guess just yeah. make a choice, you know? Um, one yeah. thing we didn't mention is that this is a Shonda Rhimes show. Um, this show was produced by Shonda Rhimes, who is famous for producing like how to get away with murder and crazy anatomy and uh, scandal and, and like so many like extremely long lived TV shows. Um, and it, it, it does have that air of it, but it's just, you know, it's not as relatable as some of her other shows, I suppose.
1: So my big negative is episode one cuts back from introducing these kind of tertiary Romeo and Juliet characters and, like, giving them this new context and these, like, deeper motivations and character traits and stuff while also then jumping to extended scenes from Romeo and Juliet's perspective from the play. And because it's doing both, it doesn't do either of them well.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So
1: if if this show had started off with a two-part episode that was just this version of Romeo and Juliet, that would have been fricking dope. That would have been great. It would have established everything. You could have, if you'd never seen Romeo and Juliet, you then have the backstory. And then after they die at episode two, it just keeps going with these side characters who are now the, the leads. Great. Or this show should have just picked up at the fucking funeral where... The, like the two sides are screaming at each other and they pull swords and just have this really dramatic opening and just assume that people n- know enough about Romeo and Juliet that they're invested enough in what happens after. But this this really choppy episode one really threw me and uh, I, I, I found it very frustrating. I wish it had just done one
2: or the other instead of doing both. I fully agree. Uh, There was a scene where Romeo and Juliet, like their dead bodies were like lying, embracing together on like a bed of flowers Mm -hmm. and the camera zoomed out. And I was like, that should have been the opening scene. Like just, just like that. So we know, we know instantly what's going on. I've never seen or read Romeo and Juliet, but I know who Romeo and Juliet are and I know what that's, that scene signifies. That's good enough. And then introduce all the side characters. And then even if you've never seen the play, you you have enough context to know how they fit into like this, this general scheme of like this family versus that family. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I a hundred percent agree with Andy. It felt like they, they had too many notes or something. It felt like they had filmed it one way and then they were like, ah, oh, no, you need to give them more. Not everybody's seen Romeo and Juliet. You know, you need to explain what's going on with Romeo and Juliet. And so then, then they kind of like went back in and like shoved some more Romeo and Juliet content in there. Mm-hmm. And it it just doesn't quite work.
0: It does leave you wanting a lot. It's like, uh, it, you know, I'll repeat exactly what you said, but it just it leaves you wanting either the bet, like the hits of romeo and juliet which it doesn't quite give you or just like completely something new like i found myself like like we don't even like not that i'm dying to see a 14 year old girl stab herself but like oh happy dagger this is thy sheath like that's like a huge moment um the 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 prince um calling uh all all are punished like those are like such important moments of shakespeare and like or of Romeo and Juliet, and you don't get them, and you don't even get like a, a parallel universe kind of thing.
1: And like, I, I really liked this Romeo, and so I hate to say, cut all of it and just start where Evan said. I do think this show could have done a. Here is our two part, mm-hmm. one hundred twenty minute version of romeo and juliet will start with that and get you invested in these characters and this setting and then oh the leads are dead pick up the pieces now you side characters you're you're yeah. in charge now i think that could have been cool which ostensibly, um,
0: this like we, we, you know and then you referenced um game of thrones like maybe this show isn't trying to be totally game of thrones but there's definitely the trappings of Game of Thrones all over this place, even just like the overhead camera shots of like, you know, zooming into large buildings kind of thing that, that not that Game of Thrones did that, but it felt very like, you know, huge kingdom Game of Thronesy. Um, like you would expect this show to go on for longer than one season. So like, yeah, like really do up the intro to it. Like, like, don't, don't cut any corners.
1: I think it was really highlighted for me in the Tybalt duel where, like, uh, essentially, like, Benvolio picks the fight, Mm -hmm. which, like, Benvolio and Tybalt are, like, going to fight. But then they have this, like, unnamed uh, Capulet get in between Tybalt and Benvolio, forcing Romeo to fight Tybalt. And like they still needed Benvolio to be like a cool guy and like have a duel. So he fights this weirdo, like hobo beardy guy, and Romeo and Mercutio fight Tybalt. And uh it was it was just bad. And then Tybalt die, or Mercutio dies and you don't really feel anything. And right. Tybalt dies and you also don't feel anything. And you Man. should feel something when Tybalt dies. Like you mm-hmm. should be thrilled kibble a dick
0: right but like you're you're thrilled but you're also like oh shit like shit just popped off like
1: yeah romeo's in trouble
0: downhill but it,
1: it like there's no emotional payoff for for this because you don't know who these characters are and they didn't they didn't make you care yeah uh so yeah, just the first episode. I feel like there's a lot of promise there and a lot of talent, but mm-hmm. then the 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 terrible pacing and the jumping from like scenes you know to scenes you don't know back to like scenes you know and like I was trying to recontextualize stuff in the middle of the play, but like Benvolio is so different mm-hmm. and stuff that it's it was just confusing and kind of messy.
0: Yeah. I feel like this show is a little, like, the Verona is a little bit small for what this show is putting on. Like, like you know, again, talking about Game of Thrones, like, that's a thing that's taking place, like, all over the globe, and you feel it, like, you feel it stretched out, but it feels cohesive. This doesn't really feel super cohesive, and, like, everyone is next door neighbors, and it's like, I need something a little bit more here like the the power of Romeo and Juliet is that it's like these like really pathetic squabbles but only as it relates to like these two young people's lives like it's it's you know it's very much a skewed perspective of everything because it is told through these unreliable narrators um and like the the ways that they're trying to grow it like with this like well, he used to work for my grandfather and now he has his own thing. It's just like, not, not super bought into it. I'm not like, that's not how I want this to grow. Like let's, let's, I mean, maybe, and maybe that this person who's, you know, messing up tombs and stuff like that is, is going to like be this, this other foil, but you know, we're only, we're already two episodes into a seven episode series and with the tune you know. thing
1: too like you didn't we didn't spend enough time with romeo and juliet that the tragedy of someone desecrating romeo's body is also not felt as much as it should be if we had
2: loved that character mm-hmm. i think this is like the problem with that is it's just a device to continue these two families like being at each other's throats and i think that's why they haven't shown us who did it yet because like It's it's just the MacGuffin for these people to keep fighting each other, even though it doesn't make a ton of sense for them to continue doing that, Um, especially since like the one guy is apparently dead set on like marrying one of his family members to one of the other family members, which just seems like a really bad plan. I mean, it went really bad the first time and now you're doing exactly the same thing over again. Bad plan. Not I don't, not really not really into it.
0: I don't hate the the you know the you know arranged marriage thing that Capulet and Montsky were kind of working at. Like I think that's like an
2: interesting ploy.
0: Um, but
2: I think it would have been okay if it wasn't this big reveal that Romeo and Juliet's marriage had been a ploy. You know, cause yeah, no, for sure, for sure. It, I feel like now, okay, we're doing the same exact thing over right, again. Right, right. Great, yeah. okay. That we could have just left out that whole thing with the priest being like a secret agent of right. uh, because, Romeo's dad or whatever. Because
0: if, if if this show undercuts Benvolio in any way, it super undercuts Friar La- like Friar Lawrence is like the total pious. Like, I'm just like I, I've seen enough bloodshed, like. I love moderately be, be there for each other. Like it is like completely blameless. Like com- could not be more like just the facilitator in all of this. And like, it takes so much agency away from him to be like, nope, he was just, he was just on the payroll for the Montagues. Like it's just, Um,
2: I want to, are we, have we reached our capacity on game of Thrones comparisons? Cause I haven't, I haven't ever... no, let's <laughs> do it. We have, we need a gong to ding every time we make a a misplaced Game of Thrones comparison. But, um, one thing that Game of Thrones, I feel, does really well with the costuming is it, uh, like, distinguishes characters, like families and allegiances based on their costuming. It's clear in the visual language of the show, like, who is related to whom and where they're from and, like, you know, which, uh, which house they belong to based on like the insignias and the colors of their clothing. I felt like while the costumes were perfectly fine in this show, uh, since it's a like family V family show, they really could have leaned more into like visual signifiers in their
1: boys, some jerseys.
2: Yeah, basically. (laughs) I really, I feel like that helps with the, the visual storytelling a lot. If the audience has, an easier frame of reference for like sure. who is a uh, uh, Capulet and who, who is a uh, Montague, you know? Right. Because I found myself getting mixed up several times. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I feel like each character does have their own aesthetic, but it, sure they do. It, I agree, it, but it does not blend with, with each other at all. It is, it is totally an Island.
2: Yeah.
1: There seemed to be a really obvious and easy solution To Prince Eskel and Rosalind's love affair, which was instead of the prince saying a Capulet and a Montague have to get married so this fighting will stop. If the prince said, I am going to marry a Capulet and my sister will marry a Montague and then everyone literally gets everything they want, Rosalind and the prince get married Benvolio does not have to marry Rosalind, who he does not want to. And the prince's sister, like, becomes a bigger power player. And Montague gets his money, or no, Montague gets uh, his house some honor, which is what he wants. And Capulet gets some money, which is what he fucking wants. Literally everyone's problems are solved with that move right there. And it's just sitting there in the open. But instead, the prince is doing this like, I love you, but I cannot have you, but I will have you, but I can't. And it's it's very silly and
0: bad. I feel like we had a show recently that had like a will they won't they thing that was constantly like back and forth like this. I forget what it was. Moonlight, Um, maybe? I was thinking it might be Moonlight. Uh, It might be Moonlight. It was just like where it's just like, yes, let's, you know, us. But no, not us. Like just back and forth randomly for no reason. And, you know, that's not a good callback to have to make is like, oh, is it Moonlight? Is Moonlight what this show reminds me of? Um, The one of the biggest problems, I think, is uh, to quote the musical You're in Town. Uh, How about a bad title? That can sh- kill a show real good. <laughs> Ter- still Starcross. I understand it's the name of the book. It's a bad title for a show. It bad is. Bad title for a show. Mm hmm um i agree 100 percent. i was like constantly trying as i'm like searching for how to find them constantly like, is it like is it something shakespeare or uh, no no there are there are a lot of
1: um fan videos on youtube for still star-crossed uh with scenes from the show played over like Pop punk love songs and shit and like sure. slow motion and oh really yeah so just like which, Moonlight then. which I did not know was still a thing in the year of our Lord twenty seventeen when the show
2: came out but um I ha- I'm gonna assume what happened here and I don't know this is strictly conjecture I'm gonna assume that the book came out sometime circa two thousand nine two thousand ten. People got into it then at that point when that exact thing was culturally relevant. And then when the show came out, it it set up a wave of nostalgia. (laughs) And they, yeah, they just dove right back into their like YouTube AMV phase. I would bet that that's what happened. Now I'm going to look up when this book came out. Please carry on. Carry on with the podcast.
1: Uh, Every time Prince Eskel says, Fair Verona, you gotta take a shot. (laughs) Because, boy, does he describe the city as fair nonstop. Mm -hmm. Gotta remind you of that intro. I was off, it came out in
2: 2013.
0: Mm. Well, 2013 is still, you know, on the cusp of that that, uh, era. Uh,
2: Yeah, very much on the cusp, though. I I was thinking, like, "Mm, heyday, heyday of the... Mm-hmm. media i like music video on youtube you know yeah. mm-hmm. we we keep
0: with with prince escalon like constantly hearing about how they're building an ar- army in mantua and in in patua and in venice and it's like let's see some of that like y- like you have literally said that like six times like let's actually like you know show don't tell a little bit like which would, which would expand this world a little bit, which is something I'm interested in. Like, and, may, and maybe there's, you know, in Padua, there's characters from Taming of the Shrew that pop in and stuff like that. And it's it's basically uh, Once Upon a Time, but for Shakespeare, which oh, is... Oh, that would have been fun. The Shakespeare is some,
2: expanded universe. Yes,
0: which is something that I've just decided is the only thing I want ever. Mm-hmm. Um, is for, you know, all these characters to converge all of a sudden in, in Fair Verona. Yeah. Um, yeah. There I think that I I I still very much enjoyed this and I'm very much looking forward to to watching more. Uh but as you said Andy there there are a lot of promises that were set up that I just don't think can be delivered on.
1: Yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm remaining hopeful, but mm-hmm. uh Yeah, it's a shame to see like overall a very strong cast and a strong premise like have such a shaky start.
0: Mhm. Mhm. We shall see. We shall see there's more to come. Maybe Benvolio gets together, maybe Montague uh picks some more uh, neutral tone jackets to wear. Um everything everything can maybe come back together. We will be back next week. Uh we'll be watching uh two more episodes of Still Star-Cross. It's like not even fun to say. Like it's just like it it doesn't like uh it sits it in the like, mouth weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like ash still in the mouth. S- um, still Star, star Cross. cross. Um, we'll be back with two more episodes of Still Star Cross. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at PendingPod. You can follow us on Facebook at PendingPod. Follow us on Instagram at EndingPending. You can send us an email. Please send us an email. We love to get your emails pendingpod at gmail.com. Uh, And also check out the Lunar Light Studio uh, website, LunarLightStudio.com. Lots of other great shows uh, to check out. Shows like uh, Mock Footage and Crypto Keeper. I can fix that. I can fix that. It's a new show that just out on the network that that happens to feature some Andy.
2: Maybe. Maybe Maybe. I'm on there.
0: Maybe you're on there. Check it out. Andy's, Andy's across the podcast universe in the past couple weeks. Uh, good on, good on Andy. Um, you could find those shows and more at lunarlightstudio.com. Follow the Patreon, patreon.com slash lunarlighthq. Um, and toss a, toss a coin to your Witcher. I'm still going to say it, even though we're not talking about it anymore. Check us out. Send some money our way. Do all the fun stuff. Andy, what do we say? Don't tell Pawn Shop Lou. Don't tell him.
2: Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.